Howdy, folks. Welcome to 2024. Brand new year, but your boys are still here, undrafted and unedited, and we're back with our sixth ever guest in the Tales of the Glory Day, Day series. But before we get to this special guest, Alex, thank you so much for waking up so early to join us this morning. How are you, my friend? I know you wanted to kick us off with a quick little Japan update. We haven't had the chance to talk in a couple weeks. Happy New Year, brother. Merry Christmas. Konnichiwa. What's been going on? Yep. New Year, new us, boys. Uh, super excited to have this guest on today. We've been trying to get him for a while. Uh, things just haven't worked out, and, and here we are, so we're ready to rock. For those of you that can't see, he's got his 12 degrees behind him on his wall there, trying to flex on all of our... Uh, <laughs> all of our... concerned. He's, he's got Embram Wi-Fi. He's got like negative 220 HD quality going on right now in his pictures. You're not going to be able to zoom into those degrees, buddy, because if you look pretty close, it's going to be arts and drama and, uh, and Jen's degrees. There's nothing of Johnny's there. That's right. Yeah, so funny enough, we've been trying to, like, this time difference is is brutal. And I still haven't gotten the hang of it. Uh, so so you messaged me, you're like, hey, we're trying to go with Johnny, blah, blah, blah. We had set a date, and all of a sudden, they had uh, scheduled a practice. So I text you, I'm like, hey, I can't do that. Our team just randomly put a practice in the morning. So I'm like, fuck. And then you hit me with, okay, we're doing Sunday night. And I was like, okay, but that'll be 6.30 in the morning for me, doing the time difference math. I obviously didn't carry the one. So here I am this morning. I, I We had a game yesterday, so I stayed up super late because I don't sleep after games. I had a Red Bull. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at this time being like, fuck, it, I'm going to be brutal on the podcast tomorrow. Like, brutal. So my alarm goes off at 6.10 in the morning. I pop up. I go take a pee. I come, open my laptop, set everything up. I'm sitting in this Riverside app solo. Oh, so no. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> and it's... And I'm just waiting, and I I look at my phone, I'm a couple minutes early, and I see you and mom and and Med, our sister, texting about what pizza you want. And I go, (laughs) what the... I'm like, why the fuck would they be having pizza at 8.30 at night? And I'm like, oh my god. Instead of going two hours forwards, I went two hours backwards. So it's 10.30 a.m. instead of 6.30, which is good. I, I just went back to bed, but I remember sitting there and being like, I'm such a fucking idiot. And it probably <laughs> like, would have been so better for dumb. us, though, in the afternoon. But anyways, and, and, and you know what? I know. We, we've kind of ruined the buzz a little bit, but I still got a sick intro for our guests, okay? So let's go from here. Now, we would like to present our sixth ever guest to the Tales of the Glory Day series. This fella has a non-existent hockey DB, but... He has a YouTube video of one of his shifts where he lays out a guy that has amassed over 80 views since 2012. <laughs> he mastered his one stick handle and off the glass craft in the Ambrar Hockey Grassroots Program, Junior B and Junior C champion. But more importantly, player slash coach of the Beers Carlton Adult League hockey team we would like to welcome it is our great pleasure jonathan yeah how's it hanging boy man hey tough to stay quiet and just watch you guys do your work yes yes clicks 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 and it's good to join (laughs) the famous podcast boys you guys are you guys are fun to listen to even better to be on yes 
Um, yeah, Johnny, Johnny in the dressing room with his brother, they'll always throw out like a story that we say on the pod just to like know that to let me know that they're supporting me, you know, so they might tune in for 15 seconds, but they fucking dial in that 15 seconds. And every time they move that 15 seconds in different parts of the episode. So, you know, great for them. Kudos to them. Uh, yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Nothing better than being able to hear stories from the past. And not only do we get to hear you, Pat, in the room, but we get to hear obviously the the real pod, which you you both, so it's good, it's good. But I, I can't wait to get a bit of an update with you, Alex. Of course, not only did you not figure out how this time thing works, but uh, now it's get get a bit of a. Are you gonna do an update, or is it all about me now? I I mean, yeah, I'm happy to t- talk quickly about what's going on. So Japan, bit of a shit show over here right now. So <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew this, Johnny, but I f- I fractured a rib in the J- Japan tournament about a month and a half ago. So this weekend was my first games Ooh. back. So I jumped on. First of all, boy, did I ever get fat in one month. Like, now I know how, Patty, how you guys feel. Like, being out. <laughs> like I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm officially at that age where if you do fuck all, you just get fat. And I was always wondering, like, how are guys getting, like, becoming units? And, uh, and yeah, now I know. I was sucking wind. I played terrible. Got four points in two games. Worst hockey I've ever oh, played. Easy flex. <laughs> easy flex. I, I'm just saying it's uh, it was pretty funny, but um, yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to go back to Poland actually for playoffs because our team here we're already out, so we have 12 games left and we can't make the playoffs no matter what. So uh, we kind of have sinking like, baby. You're you're <laughs> grabbing that lifeboat. Titanic's going down. Yeah, hey, yo, yeah, I'm with the women and children. Yeah, that's I'm right. fucking out of that's here. Right. You're like that commercial. Remember that Scotiabank uh, commercial uh, where he goes to open a bank account and he like gets like a free like hockey thing? Me too, papa. M- remember that? You're like that, yeah. trying to get on the raft. Is, is there an issue, papa? Is yeah. there an issue, papa? I'm, uh... <laughs> is there an issue, captain? Yeah. I'm getting on the raft. And, uh, but yeah, it's been fun. I've been just trying to enjoy. Like during Christmas, I went to, um, to a ski resort actually which was super cool stayed in a hostel met some really cool people um f- for those of you that are part of my team's organization i didn't ski i just went up uh <laughs> had, had dinner went up the gondola for those of you that aren't part of my organization i skied the fuck out of that mountain it was sick <laughs> it, it was uh it was really cool yeah it was like my first time skiing i'd never done it and uh picked it up pretty quick so it was fun yeah it was a really good time and like i said we're just riding out dupes and i trying to ride out our last couple days hopefully and and uh we might get some polish updates again johnny's always such a courteous and nice guy i told him before hopping on this is the johnny briere episode but the guy just wants to pass the puck over (laughs) to somebody else what a nice guy but i'm gonna kickstart yeah but usually Usually when he passes the puck, it's a turnover. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess uh, I am like on the ice that I am as speaking. I'd rather just listen and be at the back. And uh, once in a while, maybe pop in with a couple uh, quirky jokes. But now it's all about me. I've been rehearsing and doing my uh, 
my voices and hopefully they can get this going. What, what you got for me? What's the first one? You got a zinger well, for here's me? Here's the first one because I got to put a little bit of a preface here because like I said, you're a little bit less known than some of the other guys that we've had with the big hockey DBs. So I put together a list of characteristics. So a couple things that I thought would get kickstarted to get to know Johnny Brew because we're pretty tight, man. We've met in university. We played a whole bunch of hockey together. We're still really, really tight. So I put this list together, okay? So first, first uh, characteristic, stay-at-home defenseman. Second, has red hair. Third, open ice hits. Fourth, has a soul. Fifth, (laughs) finds shooting lane seams through defensive coverage that targets goalie's chest. And last but not least, carpet matches the drapes. Am I missing anything here, Johnny, or did I nail all six? Well, some of them are applicable to the past. For example, hair. Um... (laughs) you pretty much uh got it all there yeah some of those things are like i'm a bit more proud than others but uh yeah for sure yeah that sums it up that's johnny brew for you buddy oh, no, no, seriously though man like I, I was trying to like describe what type of player you were and i and, you know we, we talk about open ice hits that's what you were known for at the beginning but i remember watching in one of our first years school like playing together in in clarence and one shift you went literally end to end dangle top cheese bingo bango bobby Orr, and 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 you've kind of fit into a different role later on in your career but if you were to describe yourself as a d-man in your prime in your glory days what would be your comparison player and what would you say johnny brew was was playing style was because you're like a friendliest nicest guy but you turn into a different beast on the ice yeah like i guess hockey in a way has always been kind of an outlet where you can I don't know. For some reason, I got a split personality when it comes to that. I just hate losing. I guess we're all the same kind of competitive souls uh, out there. So, and I guess if a player, like I grew up, my dad always just put so much pressure, not pressure, but like emphasis on the importance of hitting. Um, I know nowadays it's a bit different, but it was all about trying to get the advantage either mentally or physically on someone else. And I guess the player that comes to mind is number four, New Jersey Devils, big Scott Stevens. So, I don't know, just the, the way he looked, the way that his, you know, the wires crossed and he looked kind of sketchy and looked with those eyes. So that was, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I love to do. So knowing you got Alex, the better you have the out same of someone mentality? else. Do you have the same view of Johnny when you joined the squad? Because you joined us about five years deep into, into uh, our, our career in Junior B and you were just a young blood. What do you remember of Johnny snapping around back there? Yeah, I remember walking in, obviously being the young guy, not knowing anybody, and like it was kind of scary for me. Obviously, thankfully, I had Pat there, but I remember just meeting Johnny and right away just being like, this is the nicest guy ever. Like, this guy's awesome. I'm like, he, he must be a really good equipment manager. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and we got on the ice, and I remember Johnny just absolutely murdering people. And I'm thinking to myself, like, again, yeah, like you said, that split personality, just kind of seeing it. I'm like, is Johnny, like, apologizing to these guys as he's hitting them? Like, is this something he's doing? Um, but if he says he's he's uh, Scott Stevens, that would make you uh, Niedermeyer, Pat, which I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a stretch. Like, I think both would be a stretch. Yeah, I think it wasn't Niedermeyer known for his uh, extended like endurance and like stamina. Dude, I was taking 15 second shifts out there and I was coasting the other men in 15. So yeah, it definitely doesn't fit my my bill. But yeah, Johnny, for sure, I could see a little Scotty Stevens. 
I, I'm thinking more number four, Christoph Schubert of the Ottawa Sanders way back in the day, but whatever. I guess Scott Stevens works too, buddy. <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? I, I want to steer this in a couple different ways, but uh, the first one I want to steer us in, we, we've got to talk about this championship, boys. But all three of us on this epic run, uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Mackenzie Weger. Uh, let's talk about the Junior B1 because we, we went on an absolute tear way back in 2020 to 21. Uh, we were we were 20 year old Johnny. Poor little Abe Wobbs was a 16 year old, and we go on an absolute heater, 16 and three in POs. We get home, we win it in home, we get the big fat rings. What are some of those highlights of that run? And, and just describe that season. Like that seems season just seems so epic. And and was there a moment in time where you're just like, boys, we we have this lockdown. Like it's it's game over. What what are some of the highlights of that run? And and maybe pumping our own tires here as we're talking about our Junior B Championship. So am I starting with this? Because I feel we can each have a piece of cake when each talk about this in our own point of views. But if I first thing I can notice was from that year is how even before we touched the ice, the mindset was already, we were already thinking playoffs. We're already thinking way past the season in a way of that we were preparing. Like just remember being at that uh, Rockland golf course. You guys remember we were training there. And yes, different occasions yes, we showed a whole, up. A whole nine, uh, no, nine east, like in that La Cabane. Exactly. That little hut, La Cabane, and, and doing like crazy workouts. Uh, and we had great trainers with us. And that just got the, the season rolling before we even touched the ice. So, and then when we did Buddy, touch the I ice. Remember I remember got, I got hurt, in quotation marks, hurt in the second session. So <laughs> no. you guys were training real hard, but Pete Waz was was putting around on the holes there on the on the nine green. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember that too. We had the little circuit going and we were buzzing around. We, we were dedicated from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. Hello? <laughs> oh, Sorry. Johnny muted. Did we lose him? Did no, we lose him? Did we lose him? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. A couple of cows must have moved in the in the field there. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, sorry if I missed a question. But just to come back to the point of like before we even started the season, the mindset was there that we had a bunch of guys that were in their primes. We were all 20 years old, uh, years old, and when we started the season, it was a, it was a complete joke. We already already had our line set and passed the puck to Talbot, Alex and uh, Pascal, and then you got his second line going with Chutron and Petrie, uh, Petrie, and who else was, who was with, with him? Dion. Dion, oh, fuck. So just right there, we were, we were just very stacked. It was it was our year. What else we got hey, here? I, 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 I think it's more all the D. I'm just going to throw it out there and I say all the D. But yeah, <laughs> we, we were going into the season. We were old, man. We used to go out all the time. Like we used to, you know, Alex talks about when the boys are on a cold streak or the things are not going right, you just got to get out, rally the troops and, and build a team cam. And I, I don't think we've had a tighter team than that. Like we, we weren't. I don't even think our record was that great in the season, but we were just steady Eddie. We knew in the back of our mind, we're playing for playoffs. And, and when push came to shove, we all had each other's backs. Like I just remember some, some pretty crazy wild stories, Alex. Like I know you had to sit out a little bit as being a 16 year old and, and, and uh, you know, having the bathroom stall there, but uh, anything else that comes to mind, Alex, in terms of team morale or that run. You know, what's so funny. And I, and I don't, say this lightly this is the honest truth is 
a question I always get asked is like, hey, like, you know, you're still playing hockey. You've got to experience some amazing things. Like, what has been your favorite year so far? And I, I'm like, uh, Clarence Creek Beavers. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clarence Creek Beavers. Yeah, uh, what the fuck is that? I'm like, ah, it's Junior B and blah, blah, blah. But I talk about it because that year was so much fun for me. Yeah. And I yeah, remember like – we had such a good team. And again, I was, I was 16, I was 15 to start the year. So I remember coming into the room and you guys were talking about going out and girls and all this stuff. I'm sitting there. Oh man, this is fucking awesome. You know? And, uh, but we had such a tight knit group. And I remember like being friends with, you know, Schreider and Doucette who were 21 year olds. Like they, they were treating me as if I was their buddy and, and and they were our role guys. They were like our PK fourth liners. Like that year, everybody was committed to doing whatever they needed to do to win. And that's all it was. And I've never had a team where it was like guys weren't complaining about ice time or guys wanted to be on the power play or weren't blocking shots. Like we had 100% commitment from everybody. And that's why we dominated. Like we were such a tight knit group and it was so fun. And I remember once we won the championship, I was like, hey, like, fuck winning is fun winning's easy i'm like this is my first year of pro i'm gonna win all the time and i have not won shit since then so it's kind of crazy i want a polish cup but it's not you know it's not the same grind of where you're spending eight months nine months towards a goal so yeah that was a that was a hell of a year i'm back hello you're back. Yeah, no. yeah, you yeah, skip yeah. you skip like 15, 15 seconds there. That's all right, buddy. That's all right. I, we understood what you're saying. You're about <laughs> in your the time of your life. Uh the, I think you got hacked by the Polish co- the Polish community there saying that uh <laughs> it was better than your Polish cup, so you're all good. But I you know, you know what's funny though? I I've never said this. I don't know if I told you, Alex, but Lappy came up to me in tryouts and he's like, "What do you think about your bro being on the team?" I'm like, dude, he's, he's not ready. Like he's not ready for this. Like we just played a season last year where guys are barking at me, coming down at me, burying me from behind. We had line brawls every other game. And you want to send my little 130 pound brother into the, into the mix. He's like, Lappy's like, yeah, yeah, he's good enough. Coach Lappy's like, yeah, he's good enough. And then as we're saying this, you're in tryouts and you backhand toe drag a guy and put it bar down on the goalie. And I looked at him like, Oh, <laughs> never mind then. But it's so funny that you got to play. You got to play such an incredible role, and you got thrown right in with the big dogs, like back-to-back MVP Talbot in the league, and you had a fifty-goal scorer in forty-game uh, Pascal Brisson. So you were just getting accumulated those second assists. You end up winning Rookie of the Year. It's just like a funny. Everything just seemed to piece together, you know. And and to talk about Lappy again, like him having that. I remember he brought me in and he said, "Hey, do you want to play in this team?" And I said, well, my dad doesn't want to pay for AAA hockey, so I have no choice. <laughs> and uh, and he said, what do you want to do? And at the time, I said, well, I want to go play NCAA hockey. And Lappy said, if you commit to playing here, I will I will make that happen. And I remember off off rip, like he, he didn't hand me anything, but he also gave me an opportunity. And like you said, if you're playing with the two best players, arguably in the league, and they were nice enough to like, teach me and to like bring me up as they could have very easily been like hey I don't want to play with the 15 year old kid you know um so I just like very fortunate to have a the teammates b Lappy who believed in me and again you Pat who I would have never been able to do it if you weren't there that's for sure so it was pretty big point in my career 
Guy, Guy was just like, Guy was just like, so uh, Alex and Pat are on the team. I know there's a $300 fee, but can I just pay one instead of paying two? <laughs> like, I remember he was like bargaining the guy as just for getting season tickets to go to all the rink. But yeah, anyways, it was all good. We had some really nice personalities on there. But let's fast forward. We get to the season. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, boys, but we were down 0-2 on our 16-3 and championship run in the first two games and i'm gonna snap it over to johnny and i'm gonna ask him do you remember what happened in that game because we, we were down 0-2 to metcalf the worst team in the league man like either the accumulation of conkeys throughout my career has completely either erased these memories or i'm just remembering the best parts which is obviously the run after that but the turning point was it not like a crazy hit slash suspension and like a game eight sort of situation is that is that am i remembering this correctly no you're not remembering it correctly but that's okay alex do you remember ben i for some reason i was thinking who was that mezonev was a, a linesman and there was a bad call it was something like that offside or i can't remember what it was yes okay you'll have to I okay got, you'll have to go so something on that I got absolutely dummied on the back check and and the ref didn't call it and they went down and scored so we were on the peeper and we turned it over and i was skating back looking at the puck and another guy was skating the other direction and absolutely dropped me shoulder right to the head and i freaking helicoptered conkied i was out and they went down and sniped and mezanev who was a d-man on our team he was our seventh defenseman that year was a referee and had that amended so they actually canceled that game. And the funniest part was <laughs> I went to Trombley that weekend. And if you're asking the people that work for the team, I was not drinking in Trombley. <laughs> but if you're not asking the people that were not on my team, I was drinking in Trombley. And there was guys from the Medcalf Jets there. And I'm I'm like McGregoring around them. I'm dancing to a na 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 And I'm buzzing. And they're like, dude, aren't you conky? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm still getting after it. This is Junior B. So we had to replay that game. And I think we won literally 14 games in a row after that. So we were down 0-2. It was an absolute wake-up call, like literally physically. P-Boss took one for the team. Know your role. Stay in your lane. And uh, we, we we won an absolute tear. Uh, so that's how the season, that's how the playoffs started, man. Like, it's wild. We've been involved in two games that need to be replayed in, in Junior B playoffs. So I guess technically, if we would have gone to seven, it would have been game eight. But it, it only stretched out to five because we won four straight after that. So, um, or I guess six technically because we won four straight after that. But uh, yeah, that that's just a wild ride. And yes, your concussions. I I, I remember a couple of those too, Johnny. <laughs> but uh, Dan, what a run, eh? Or, like crazy. My my kid. I actually looked at my uh, at my ring today, knowing that I was coming in. I was like, this fucking thing oh. says it says the amount like a record, and it's unbelievable. It's just crazy. Yeah. Final yeah, count was yeah. at 16 and three. My ring, my ring doesn't even fit on my pinky finger. I tried it last <laughs> last summer because I have these little baby midget hands. Yeah. I wasn't thinking. I'm like, fuck, I should have thought yeah, about I'm gonna that. I'm going to grow into that. I'm going to hit puberty soon, I guess. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this last thing, when we were doing those workouts at uh, – we had, uh, sorry, at uh, Rockland. Yeah. We had to do our combine. Remember, we had a fucking yes, combine, had combine in uh, Junior B? Yes. And Lappy was being a hardo. And you yes. had to bench press your weight. Yes. And he goes, how much do you weigh? I'm like, 148. 
He goes, holy fuck. Puts 148 on the bar. As soon as it, I lift it, it goes and <laughs> right down on my, t- on my chest and on my neck. And Lappy was spotting at the time. And he bicep curled two reps. Like, I didn't touch the bar. I, remember like, I, I kid he you not. For you, he not this bar went right you. down on my neck. Yes, and he he bicep curled two reps and said, "Ah, fucking right, Bobs." And you only got one rep, dude. Yes, and and, uh, and he tripped you. He goes, "Your fucking younger brother can bench press more than you. Like you're so out of shape." And he ripped you in front of everybody. Yes, he did. Because he bicep curled. <laughs> yes, he did. And and like he gave rankings at the end. And like I was I was Rick Nash, Sam Bennett of the fucking combine, buddy. Like I was doing one and a half chin ups. My long jump was like negative 10. And he put like a scoreboard that he publicly put out of people's fitness level. And he had me ranked as like a C. And I think the only person I'm not even gonna name the one person that was below me, but that person I don't know who excuse me who they were, they didn't end up making the team. But I remember he wanted to absolutely bury me. But the joke's on him because I put up 40 points in 40 games. So there we go. Johnny, do you remember your score? No, no. It must have erased it from my my memory as well. No, I don't remember. I do remember like it was pitch black. We were outside still working out. And you know that little thing you push in a parking lot? The sled. The sled. I just fucking hated that shit. And then you, you went all the way to the end of the parking and then went back. And I remember once it caught on a crack somewhere as I was pushing back. I think my sternum is still recovering from that moment. Anyway, but yeah, that was a good fond memory of it. But it was it was intense. And I think the team wasn't even done by then. It was kind of like a tryout combine. So like yep. Yeah, it was, it, was it was in the training camp. It was in training camp. Yeah, yep. like friendly, but like you're playing. Yeah, you're playing. Like you're playing for a spot, really. Because yeah, so it's funny because uh, to preface Junior B, I, I'd like to like when people ask me what was Junior B like, I, I, I'm kind of saying like it. It was a bunch of very good hockey players that enjoyed a social aspect of hockey. We would play on a Friday night and a Sunday afternoon every week. And we'd have one practice on Wednesdays. So guys were either going to university or school full time or they were absolutely humming. Like there was Crafty that was going to Montreal on Saturday nights, driving home on Sunday morning (laughs) right to the rink for our Sunday afternoon 2 p.m. games. Just getting after it and playing 20 minutes a night and playing great. Uh, And we just had like both ends of the spectrum of of guys that just were super talented but didn't want to didn't want to do the grind and and the other thing that people don't realize is that we had four 21 year olds so you had a line of guys that were grown men that were not all not eligible for junior a anymore because junior a capped off at at 20 so it was guys looking to get after it and we had some elite talent in this league uh, I think that's the best way of putting it. But that was the first year where we had some serious combine, some serious workout. We did a psychology. Remember, we were doing psychologists like team building. And that was the absolute first time in my life that we had done stuff like that. And and I think on 80% of junior B teams, people would have not bought in. But Coach Lappy was also a player for people that don't know for five years in Clarence and he transitioned to coach and he wanted a championship so bad. He was my vet when I was a rookie and we lost that game eight and he wanted it so bad. So we put everything into the season. So not only did we have the roster, we were dedicated AF, we were tight and it was absolutely unbelievable. Now let's move on. We go on an absolute show. We're, we're, 
we're getting out of the Metro. So the Metro division is stacked. So that's the first two rounds. So imagine that you're playing like contenders in the first two rounds and then you go play in the West. We had to play Renfrew, absolute joke. And then we ended up playing uh, Winchester in the finals with, with Mackenzie Weger and we win it all and we win it at home, baby. We win it at home. Now let's get to the sellies. Do you remember any of the sellies that took place afterwards, Johnny? Like what, what is your, your, your vision of us winning at home oh, man. after that game, the arena's packed. The capacity of this rink is probably like mm, 300 people. There was probably a thousand Clarence Rockland population all in there going wild. What is something you remember, buddy? Well, you, people that know you, Pat, know that you might exaggerate once in a while, right? But the thousand people hey, in hey, the crowd hey, is... is it's probably not a joke, but that's about right. It was jam packed. People were above, like almost on each other's shoulders at one point. It was, it was crazy. Atmosphere it was lovely to win at a home. And then you go into our tiny little room that fits, I don't know, like 21 guys, whatever it is. And you start popping bottles. I remember at the end, the, the ceiling was dripping and champagne. Yeah. And yeah. there was Everybody a giant... was opening their mouths. <laughs> yeah. And we were soaked. It was lovely. The music was blaring on this giant boombox. And there was so much liquids on the ground that one of our clown from our group, Max Bella. The you got to shut him up because he's been private messaging me. He's going to be listening to this, oh, baby. Man. He was such a funny guy, man. Yeah, keep the going Bilan. on the story because I was going to bring it up too. Oh, the, oh, man. So Max, both Benaz, complete beauties. And Max in particular was loved to get the boys laughing and getting in the good mood. If ever we're in the dumps, you have always had something to say. So it was a t- time to shine. And it was a giant puddle in the round. And what do you do with skates on when you're half-dressed? Naturally, you jump and you do a cannonball on the ground. <laughs> it just splashes everywhere. And you're thinking, this can't get any crazier. It does. So we get outside the room. And mind you, everybody still has their skates on at this point, right? We're all like half dressed. Some of them still act still fooling the, with the full uniform, and then you just hear the click, the clack, the click, the clack. The boys are running yes. outside with yes. their full blades on. <laughs> We're on yes. the asphalt just for a team picture, and it's one of the most and and smoking cigars. Smoking we cigars, had some yeah. cigars and and people were giving us beer like people were dropping off cases of beer in the back door because our dressing room was connected to the back door. Oh man, yeah, I remember that banana story, and and yeah, absolute role player and absolute beauty and absolute like chem guy, morale guy. I love to have both of them around. Phil and Max, funny F brothers. We had three sets of brothers on that team. It was Alex and I, the Benaz and the Shootrons, which is absolutely wild too to yeah. think about. Alex, anything else you remember about that Selly? Yeah, I do. I, just going back to the Benaz and stuff, like we had a tough team. We had some like nails guys on our team. And, mm-hmm. and that was a big part of it too. We played with like a lot of grit. Like I remember Baker, Gru, oh. the Balans, like even Schreider, Doucette. Like those guys were, everyone was ready Macker, to throw McLean. Them. I remember Macker Hole, Macker was a beast. And uh, Crafty even. Like yeah. I just remember anytime I got hit, I felt sorry for the guy. I'm like, whoever hits me, it's a dead man. Like it was, <laughs> I remember Gru, Gru could barely speak English. And like, he would always speak to me in English, even though I spoke French. <laughs> he'd look at me from the other side of the bench. He'd go, I killed that guy. I'm like, okay, like go do your thing. <laughs> Just blows him up from behind. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, right. it was sick being a sweat player. The, the Selly. Yeah, oh, the Selly. Okay, I was yeah, going to talk was. about the fighting. I want to talk about the TSN 
turning point of the fighting. I don't know if you remember this, but there was the biggest goon in the league and he played for Gatineau and he was running guys. Like his job was to run guys. He was what, maybe six, three. He was pretty heavy. Like he, he was a big boy. He didn't have much skill. And we had Baker and Baker was a fighter and they went toe to toe. And he, he literally smashed this guy's face. And you, do you remember that? His face was like concave. Yeah. And that was a little scary, but at the same time, it was like, boys, I can do whatever the, f that's when I did the machine <laughs> yeah. gun Kelly to the crowd because I knew nobody could touch me. <laughs> nobody could touch me. But anyways, I digress. Continue, continue with the celly. So I remember our, our owner would come into the rooms after the games yeah, and he would Charlie. stir the pot. Do you remember that? Charlie, yeah. Charlie would jump in. And how, how old was Charlie at oh, the time? Oh, he's got to be in his 80s, <laughs> high 70s. He was in his 80s and he'd come in. And and he would try to like he would take him about ten seconds to stand up on one of the benches and he would just like I can get up there and then he'd bend his knees and do that yeah. oh yeah stir the pot baby and all the boys would go nuts and I remember him doing it after we won we made him get up there and we were I I, I don't know how I ended up with a bottle but I was just giving it to him I'm spraying him right in the face it was like a golden shower for Charlie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then we had the, uh, the, the post-game tunes. I think, Johnny, were you, you Johnny were the post-game DJ, DJ were you not? Yeah, a little local Embrun DJ for you. Yeah, that was very fun. Yeah. And we had the Chelsea Dagger. And... to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's go-to. But yeah, and so I had to go two weeks later. I went to Europe actually with uh, a team and it was half a Canadian team, half a Swedish team. And we went and played a tournament and it was like some sort of prospects tournament that I got involved in. And I got to the rink and we were in like Munich and I put my equipment on and it reeked of champagne, like reeked of booze, my whole set of gear. I was like, Holy fuck. Like, this is terrible. All the guys are looking at me. I'm like, man, smell this. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Like, all my shit yeah. was soaked. Everything from was soaked. Beer, champagne. And then we moved it on. I think we went to Boston Pizza. So this is this is where it got, it got sucky for me because I was in the middle of university exams. And I had an exam the next morning, literally the next morning. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get after it a little bit there. So I remember going going out with the boys and we went out to Boston Pizza because that was our go-to team pitchers, uh, the Fishbowl Fridays, the <laughs> Bandera Bread, the, uh, what's the one that gets your- uh, Cactus gets Cuts. Your fiery butt there, Cactus yeah, Cuts. Nice. And uh, we, we were cooking there and then you, I get texts from the boys and I, I don't know if we should tell the story because because Pilon was my boy. He's my pool guy. He Talk, talk about- like brothers for life. This yeah. is 15 years later. I text him about helping me with my pool. I hadn't talked to him. He's like, yeah, man, I'll be there in an hour. No problem. Absolute beauty. You, Johnny, you got to tell us about the, the, the story about Pilon a uh, post post BP. Man, like it's just, we, we didn't stop. Like if it, either at the Boston pizza, we're just getting rowdy at this point. If you won the championship, even though it's junior B, it's, it's not the pros, but, you feel like you're on top of the world and you're untouchable. And I think that was so contagious, that feeling that it went to Pilon. <laughs> where were we at this point? Were we in the parking lot? I'm, I'm not sure where we were. I think so. Yeah. So, I think so. We, we come out of that restaurant and uh, like kind of waiting for a ride for the next stop, which ended up being at one of the houses of the boys, like a farm. That's another story. But 
we were in like a big circle just talking. I think some of the guys had cigars and one of the, like Pinon, of course, is like, hey boys, uh, when it's, I don't know something like, you want to see something cool? Like, uh, yeah, like kind of gets us on our toes and is like, look at this, look what I got. Yeah. And he has like a, um, like a glass, like an actual Boston pizza, like drinking glass. Like, oh, okay. It's like, I'm going to smash it on my head. <laughs> like, no, no, you're not. Like, no. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm gonna do it. Like, no, like, no, like, don't do it. You know, like we're just like some people, like, do it. Like, no, he's and the guy just straight up smacks it Bang. on his head. Yep, and he's yep. completely unfazed. <laughs> he is fine. Like this guy, destroyed it in pieces. But it only takes a few seconds before you see what really happened. It's like, and then it just starts streaking yeah, down man. this guy's Poor face. Guy. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. He saw it on like YouTube or something where a guy can do it. If you hit it on a perfect angle, it will smash and not cut you open. Oh, my Lord. We had pictures. Remember his head? Do you remember his (laughs) Remember his head at pictures? He had this goose bump, this goose egg. It was hilarious. And again, talking (laughs) about another guy that just was a good team guy trying to get the boys going, a funny guy, and just it went haywire. But it didn't stop the boys. That continued. I just remember getting a picture, and they had wrapped a bandage because one of the the girlfriends was a nurse. So she took like this bandage, and you got to picture mummying his head but they mummied his head from his chin to the top of his head as i hit my mic because i'm describing it and doing it visually for the drama teacher johnny but he's wrapping it over his chin and in his head and he's just got a picture and his both eyes are two different directions like oh so anyways yeah that was a great celly great time and and you said it perfectly like junior b it's it's at that moment in time, it was our Stanley Cup. It's our highlight. It's, you know, it's it just tough to describe the feeling because you just feel like that was the best it's going to get. And yeah. uh, is there any other stories you want to talk about the ship? I, I, I The last one I was going to say, actually, was when in Winchester, when, when they had cops. Do you remember that, when they had cops? Because the room was in the lobby. So you had to walk through the lobby to get to the rink and the rink was a type of rink where the crowd was on top of you. So the stands were like literally angled, but they were head height and you had to walk by the stands and they talk about thousands of people. They had jammed that rink and things were getting chippy. We were dummying them three games, three games to nothing. And I just remember the cops being like, wow, like we need some, we need some protection here. So that was just another crazy story of, of Junior B because, uh, you know, the type of fans you're going to get in these small town, small town areas. Yeah. The, uh, the Winchester 50-50 was like $45,000. Yeah, Remember crazy. they did it like all week yeah, they leading did it. up yeah. to it? <laughs> yeah. Um, just going back to that night, yeah, that Pilo incident, <clears throat> again, was so funny because he smashed on his head, was completely fine. Everyone went, yeah, <laughs> celebrated. And then he just started pissing blood. <laughs> Everyone went, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> but so, so Baker, going back, it was Baker said, hey, let's go back to my farm and we'll finish the night. We'll keep celebrating. And I remember I, I was in high school. It was middle of the week. And uh, Ryan Schreider went up to my mom and said, hey, I'll take care of Alex. He's got to come out. We won the championship. And my mom's like, he's not going out to Baker's farm. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, he's got school in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And you know how Ryan Schreider is. He's kind of like, 
charming my mom saying, no, no, it'll be fine. Like he has to, this is once in a lifetime, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in our blue tracksuit. I've got the blue pants, Clarence pants with the matching jacket. I go to Baker's and obviously all the guys are like, oh, you know, Alex, Alex, feeding me beers. I'm hammered. We go until like three, we go until like three or four in the morning partying. And again, like I, I didn't know how to party back then. And uh, I slept for an hour and a half on a lawn chair, like sitting. And my mom picked me up from Baker's house and dropped me off at school. <laughs> so I, 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 slept, I slept an hour in my tracksuit and my mom scooped me, brought me right to school. No toothbrush, no breakfast, no nothing. And I remember being in class just and still being drunk and i was hammered all my friends thought it was so cool that i was like on a little grade bender. 12 grade 12 <laughs> bender like, yeah not even dude i was in oh yeah that's right I grade 11 that. yeah grade 11 grade 11 huh. yeah grade 11 so i remember one of my teachers who was a hockey guy he i looked at him i said hey man we won the championship yesterday he had played junior b before and i said i'm hung tits I'm not doing shit today. <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure. You look terrible. And you reek. He's like, you reek of booze. Obviously, guys were like, get, get me to chug. And I'm like spilling it all over my blue tracksuit. I'm still wearing my blue tracksuit. And I'm just sitting in class. <laughs> I didn't know that. My head's on my desk. Yeah, my head's on my desk. I reek of booze. All my buddies like think it's so cool. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of my funniest moments of, of junior B being at high school. Yeah, street cred. Oh man. Well, you know And we had the we had the blonde Mohawks. Yes. Oh yes. yes. That's when Johnny oh talking about Johnny. Remember when you went in front of the university class to explain why our hair was like that? Because we would sit together in university class and I, I think we were in psychology and uh there's probably like 50 60 and people would look at you like what the hell like you guys are grown men in a university class we're we're 20 years old and we have the blonde mohawks massive beards and you remember like talking about it in class johnny no no what did i remember this (laughs) you're like oh i want to talk about it so you got up and you said why we're in the playoffs and this is what we do our blonde hair and if you want to come watch we're playing this and this and i remember because i was embarrassed af i'm like what the hell are you doing johnny sit back down wear your two can call it a day yeah but that's how no, weak you, my, you took you, that's how weak my game was back then <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That, those were your wheels <laughs> anybody in the room interested in blonde mohawks <laughs> oh man but i think <laughs> after a while girls to our game i tried buddy i tried i said there's a there's a beaver mascot that might be there and uh poutine is the best <laughs> in town uh <laughs> I can get you yeah, some tickets, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, and continue with Junior B. I'm almost done with Junior B, but that's what we all have three of them in common. And I guess you guys can all attest to this. So one of the big things that I kept hearing when I first joined Junior B as as a 17 year old is Gatno, Gatno, the Mustangs, the Mustangs. Oh my gosh, Gatno. And it was like this myth. So there would be the Gatno Mustangs in our league. We'd cross the border. We'd play them. The reason why they were so renowned is they were the only rink where they were selling alcoholic beverage. So you've got a picture, and this was a, a pretty decent sized rink, and it was a it was a round, it was a circular rink. So the pads in the middle, there's there's fans all the way around. It gets pretty crowded, gets pretty busy, and we were the Franco Ontario team, and they were the Quebec French team. So it was kind of like a natural rivalry. 
What do you guys remember of the Gatineau Mustangs? What's one of the stories that you can share about that craziness? Because it felt like all the times that we'd go there, we'd go there four times a season, four times a season, there would be some shit that would go down. So what are some things that you remember highlights? What was your first experience? And like, uh, talk about the Gatineau Mustangs that have since been banned from Junior B for all these antics. Johnny Brew, I'm saucing it over to you, buddy. Take yeah. over. Yeah, well, I'm, I was hoping you'd bring them up because... Mine starts even younger, even before I played with the with the Beavers. So I went to go see our good buddy Martin Pocket play. He was he was captain of the Beavers, and uh, it was in in Buckingham. And we were sitting there, and just being the first time in that rink, you get you get the environment right away. In the warm up, they have system of a down blaring, and yeah. well, elsewhere it's like either like techno, I don't know, like regular hockey songs. No, they're they have like killer music playing and. You know, you start feeling the the vibe of the everybody's drinking beer. Like, oh, okay, so this is kind of kind of great. And I'm next to the dad of of Martin Paquette, so I'm next to Serge, and uh, he does not say anything. Just watching the the game begin, and after a few minutes, things get starting already getting rough. And then Labras, Labras is a known fighter for the Castals way back when, and he's fighting this guy, and he somehow in the midst of the fight grabs the guy's helmet, chucks it, and just throws it behind him in the crowd as he's still feeding this guy. Mind you, I am 16 years old, okay? So I'm going to play next year with the Clarence Beavers. Or hopefully, I was thinking. And um, the sales just looks at me, he's like, that's going to be you next year, eh? And I was... I was just, I just shrugged it off, but I was pissing my pants, man. This is, <laughs> this is Junior B. This is the jungle. This is what I have to, to play. And I, I've never fought in my life. I never did. And now this is what I was expecting going every time at Buckingham. The vibe was different. People were crazy. I could just, what, what if I say to you, Pat Skittles? What does that make you think of? Well, Johnny, before I got to cut you off, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Scotty Stevens was thinking the same thing when he was suiting up for New Jersey, pissing his pants of fear. So don't worry, buddy. You guys are, you guys are way too alike, (laughs) but yes, the Skittles. I I remember a lot of things about Skittles. It's one of my favorite candies, but can you elaborate how this uh, relates to our Gatineau experience? And and this has got to be one of the best stories. Yeah. So our number one goalie is in net in his playoffs. And uh, I was injured back then. So he, he was in nets. And he brought he, he brought it up in the rooms like boys like did you guys notice in like creeks what was going on it's like no what it's like so he was he was watching the play develop in the other zone and he could just hear like a a tick like something hitting him but like so subtle and so light but I guess with the helmet it must kind of like he resonate you must hear it kind of loudly and sure enough he just sees a few of the uh, skittles flying by his head and landing in this crease. <laughs> People from the crowd were chucking candy at this guy, trying to get him off his game. <laughs> like as if like as if screaming this guy's name is not enough or like yelling at us because we're Franco Ontarians, like ah, you know how they are. But no, he, he was throwing threats, actual man. candy death and threats. the refs, yeah, death threats. And uh, for example, like the setup of the rink, they had a lounge, like kind of like a little suite on top of where the benches are, right? So whoever made this arena up should be, is an idiot because now you had all a bunch of people that were drinking beer upstairs right above our benches. And I don't know if you remember this, Pat, but uh, like Lappy, our head coach, got 
thrown beer on while he was coaching. So everybody was losing their mind, trying to play hockey, but the, the game's still playing, but we're trying to scream at the people above us. They're getting kicked out. That's just one of a few and many examples. Yeah, we were, we were laughing. I think we told this similar story where the Benaz had their mouths open trying to catch the beer or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it, like when in the heat of the moment. And another thing that you forgot to mention is they used to put the fucking sand on the bench, right? That's a dirty tactic yeah, is they would come before right. the game and they would put sand on our bench to dull our blades. It was anything goes. It was the wild, wild west. There was po-po there all the time. And I thought you were going to talk about how Nick Labrasse, after that fight, and this is what was scaring Guy, the shit out of Guy, is that they went into the parking lot and they slashed the tires and smashed the, um, the, uh, oh, License crap. play, was what it? Or no, 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 no. The, um, oh my, the mirrors, the car mm-hmm. mirrors off Ontario plate cars. So when dad heard that, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to park across the street or I'm going to have to take off my plates or, yeah, it was just like, it was just mayhem every single game. Alex, yeah, do you it. remember your first time? Playing against Mustang, I should clarify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my well, my first time was also in in Bucking. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember it was mayhem, and and I would play scared. Like I was actually scared to go. I, I it was circled on the calendar of being like, hey, this is this is gonna fucking suck. And and somehow I don't know what it is. I would score every game in Buck. I I'm pretty sure I've scored every game I've played in that rink. Uh, but I remember Seb Dion had the, one of the dirtiest hits of all time. Remember he helicoptered that guy? Oh, yes. He hit him square in the head, yes. and the guy did three helicopter turns and fell, and it was one of their better players. And going back to Johnny's story of when they started throwing the beers, that's when they started throwing oh. the beers. And I remember looking up being like, oh, fuck, like this is so disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe they would do that, blah, blah, blah. And they were throwing beers, and I looked to my left, and our whole bench – is encouraging them to throw the beers. I'm like, this is Junior B. And the Belaz, Belaz are literally catching the beer. Like, yeah, yeah, give me more, give me more. Like wanting to have the beer. And I'm like, only in Junior B would you see guys encouraging the fans to throw their beers over. Belaz was trying to like catch the cups of them throwing, like drinking the remnants and stuff. I'm like, this is this is a fucking shit show. I remember it just being a shit show every time we played. Yeah, and it's funny because in the first period, they only have one or two beers in them. But by third period, there's some there's some shenanigans taking place in, in the stands. And and if we're up big, it's going down. And it's just a, like a fun environment. And you're right, Johnny. I remember the Stricken and, and the Eminem. Uh, Until I Collapse, always playing. They had the same playlist for five years. Uh, but but what a great vibe, man. Oh. Anything else about Junior B, Junior B stories? Johnny, yeah. you have your finger up. It's not class. You could just interrupt, buddy. Yeah, I suppose I can, eh? But um, I don't know. I like, to, I like to laugh at myself a bit. But uh, I always remember this in, uh, in Gatineau and Bucky M. Um, my rookie year, so I was 17. And um, I remember how, you know how they always like had their, well, their door to get on the ice is exactly in their zone, right? You're right next to their net. And of course, they had the usual tactics of like firing pucks in the air when we started getting on the ice. That was typical. But for me, the first time I've ever played there, I uh, I was about like super ready with the music was playing. I was super pumped in the room. Everybody's get their little five steps in to jump on the ice. I did that, but I left my skate guards on. Oh no, Johnny! <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was. I started, started like thinking about this. It must have been a dream. No, no, I actually it happened. So I, I was. <laughs> it was and at it's this called point, a repressed memory, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So at that point, they were doing the half moon. So everybody that knows the warm up is just they're all facing the goalie, taking 
turns to shoot pucks on net. And so at that, they're all staring at me getting on the ice and doing like the fish, trying to get my skate guards off at that point. And they all stopped their exercises, all stopped the drill to just tap their sticks on the ice. And that was my welcome to Bucky M. So I oh took boy, off the skate guards. And I just gave it to Charlie. I just laughed it off because that, that's all you I could do. And then skate. Well, don't off worry, buddy. Games. I heard I heard Scott Stevens' first game in the NHL. He also <laughs> did the same thing, baby. So, no sweat, man. <laughs> no, and people don't realize how slippery it is when you have like a, a piece of tape or or your skate guards on. You're you're literally at the mercy of the ice. Like, there's no chance you're getting up. All right. Well, that was great for Junior B. I like reminiscing. That was almost uh, therapeutic. Make yeah. me feel like I want to play again. Sign me up, coach. <laughs> um, so so a weird thing happens because I had mentioned uh, in Junior B, you can only have four overagers. That year we won the ship. We were really old. We were eight 1990s. So we were eight overagers the next year. And Coach Lappy had to make some tough decisions. And, and Johnny, you had an opportunity, unfortunately, or fortunately, I think it was kind of a good bounce to go play for your hometown um, junior C kind of talk about that experience, kind of talk about what it felt like that whole, like it, it was really shitty because you got to keep in mind, we were such a tight knit group, me and you, we were really tight. And then it became, you're fighting for your job. You're fighting for for position. There's only going to be four guys out of eight. Half of the guys are staying next year. You got to bring it. And, um, <clears throat> you end up going down to junior C. So maybe talk about that experience. Talk about junior C, what it's like. What was the difference between Junior B? You get another championship. Maybe that ride, uh, I'd love to hear because, you know, some people dog on Junior C. And I, I think there's some really good players that come out of Junior C, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. No. Um, well, the same idea of how you describe Junior B. Uh, it's like a happy medium for people that go to school and people that want to be able to have a, kind of a, an outside life and not just be on the ice for six or seven times on the ice, you know, like all the time. So... Uh, but for Junior C, it's it's kind of the mindset of the people that, from what I, from what I've been understanding, kids that want to stay local, and they want to stay around, and you really want to play for their hometowns or from the like the towns that are nearby. So that's the experience I've had, and we were lucky, very fortunate, to have some very good players. Um, so to, that I've played with. But at the beginning, yeah, so you can only keep four out of the eight. What do you do? You know, you just you're riding the high from last year. You're super pumped. You just won the championship. You get in shape knowing that now it's going to be competitive. You're going to be competing, competing against these guys. And then you get, you learn that you got the snip. So it took a while and it, it hurt big time knowing that you're not going to be with the boys. You're not going to be at the same rink. It's, it's like redo completely. And it was devastating news. Um, I was asked if I want to join uh, my, like the bitter rival growing up, which is Castleman. Um, if I want to go play junior B there, which was in hindsight, it's, it's a great opportunity. I could have been playing junior B and I probably would have been playing against you guys a couple of times, but anyway, so all that to say that I decided to go back to my hometown, junior C and it was a great, a great decision. Uh, I don't know if you ever guys ever heard of Marius Lemieux, but he is iconic and he is the man here in Embrun. Uh, he's got his own hotel, his own restaurant going and, just the way he treated, he was the owner of the Amber Panthers and everything that he did, the way he treated the boys is unparalleled to what I've seen. Uh, he, like Junior B, were, our owner was amazing. Charlie's like, oh man, he's a, 
he's such a nice soul. You could but... tell. You could talk shit, Johnny. It's okay. No, buddy. no, no, no. He's but... not listening to this. <laughs> no, there's no, Dude, no shit to be given. But... Soap. We had the pink bag soap on the road. Buddy. You can say that you were getting some better treatment in junior C. It's yeah, okay. We had... Okay, we had better soap. So you guys um... had dove. We had bag soap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it's just every game, every practice, you're guaranteed uh, beers and wings and fries at the restaurant after. Just that kind of mindset of like, yeah, come over, we'll take. Like they really took care of the of the guys and the boys. Uh, it was a bit of a culture shock at the beginning, uh, when the when the tryouts were on their way, and I got snipped. I went over, and I was like, uh, because the team wasn't made, I the the remnants of people that were there. You were thinking like, you were just frustrated with the quality of the play at the beginning. And you saw a big drop. I found quickly with the system implementations, there were none, right? It was literally like, here's our top six good skaters. The rest do circles. We'll figure the rest as the year goes on, right? So, and <laughs> that's, and it, it just frustrated me even more at the beginning. But I had a great coach and it was it not only coaches, but there were boys that I grew up with. They're good friends of my, of my brothers and they're now beers, you know, like it's all guys that are from the local town. And we was like kind of a process throughout the year. And we had some studs up front. And what I meant is that they want to play a local is that these guys could have easily played junior B. When I say easily, it's like yeah. they had a spot junior B and they were just not known. They just they wanted to play with their boys and they were happy with the routine. They loved their owner. They wanted to play for junior C. And keep in mind, when I showed up, they won three in a row. So at the end yeah, of the year, three championships in a row, they're a dynasty, man. They're a dynasty. So at the end, my ring has four little jewels on it. And to me, I'm just like, I won one with you guys. Yay. But for them, it, that was their four peat. They won four in a row. So that's that's a big deal. And that's how players in Embrun uh, were perceived. Yeah, but they just want to play. Did, did anybody smash a glass on their head for the, for the celly? Or what was that celly yeah. like, buddy? Fuck, that celly was fun. We just went to, I think we just went to that local restaurant and just drank until the beers were, after the fridges were yeah the fridges were empty but uh no like it's just a beautiful experience i'm happy i played for my hometown played with my youngest with my youngest cousin uh that is now a beers as well and uh no it was thinking back it's the best thing that could happen for me and i'm happy i got two championships i wasn't it was bittersweet when you guys obviously uh didn't win that year but uh you you can imagine yeah, right yeah you were selling you're 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 giving russian gas to the mustang saying you got to beat those guys you're supplementing them with, with illegal substances whatever alex was getting shot up with in poland buddy yeah you know, no. you, you know and you know it was really heartbreaking it was just a weird different vibe and, it, and it's funny how chemistry is so it's so fragile man from one year to the next like we went from having probably i'm going to pump our own tires probably one of the best junior b teams in the last 20 years that had been there absolute domination to to struggling to make it to the playoffs we lose in the first round alex is gone a bunch of these young guys have moved on we lost our vets that were playing crucial roles the 21 year olds you said that were just filling in the holes and we had a bunch of unexperienced guys that were great but it's just the team chem wasn't as as tight guys were kind of like okay we won the ship it's we've won one we don't feel hungry anymore and that's why you have super mad respect for those nhl teams and those franchises that win back to back to back to have that hunger and that desire to get after it another year absolutely so yeah i agree it was tough to tough to lose you guys but you said it perfectly about junior c there's some guys that are absolute studs and they're humming around out there and 
and uh, they just want to play ho- local. Like they just want to mm-hmm. stay with their boys. They want to enjoy, and and it's still good hockey. Uh, but I think you also lose a little bit of those those top end guys, as you were mentioning. So, um, yeah, that's cool, man. Alex, anything else you want to ask on, on the junior C front? No, I, I did well. Actually, did you play with Dana Pollux? Was he your goalie at that time? Nope. No, I think I was a year after him. No, okay, so he. He, he would have been, okay, right on. Because he's my good buddy who played in Embrun, and he had one. And uh, um, he said, he was saying the same thing. He's like, listen, like, we just get treated really well, and it's a blast. And and the fact that you kind of rode into the sunset with two championships in a yeah, row, like, what a right, good way man. to go. Yeah, no, I'm... Like, you can't, you can't complain about that. And looking back on it, I'm sure you're, you, you know, it's something special. Because like I said, you don't win. Like, people don't understand how hard it is to win. Yeah whether you're playing junior C, whether you're playing in the NHL, whether you're playing anything in between, it's like winning a championship takes a, everybody B, it takes a special group of players and C it's like, it's a grind. It's luck so too. the fact that you won two in a row, luck, a lot of luck. And, and I don't know yeah, if you remember, but pretty insane. But Brisson before playoffs, our 50 goal scorer, second point getter in the league, runner up MVP four years in a row, cut his finger while doing drywall on the weekend. And, and remember he couldn't play the first two rounds. <laughs> Yeah, they had to yeah. sew his glove so that he could put two fingers into yeah. one like glove hole. We're like, we're toast, we're done. And uh, yeah, well, anyways, riding off to the sunset, I rode off to the sunset game seven, round one, dislocated my shoulder and lost seven one. So at least you have two ships. Uh, I've got one, and uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, still sad and bitter about that one. Um, let's let's move on to some more. Si- serious stuff per se because i you you had kind of mentioned it quickly i know we've all gone through some some pretty serious interest injuries but i think people uh forget we've kind of touched on it a bit not only the physiological toll but but also the mental toll on a on an, an athlete that's injured and dude you missed the whole season and like totally aside from hockey your injury could have impacted the rest of your life. So I don't know if you want to talk about uh, your injury that you experienced in your prime of your career, let's say, uh, what it was like to watch the boys from the crowd, your mental grind, your physical physical grind, and, and just walk us through that process as, as an athlete. Even if a junior B athlete, we're still, we were still considered athletes. Like I always used to tell people we were hockey players. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, like, Pretty much for those listening or those those girls listening that I have spoken to in bars growing up, uh, warning, <laughs> I'm about to tell you the real truth about my scar. It is not a shark attack or a bear. I'm quite sorry. It is something less dramatic than that <laughs> or something less manly. It is a tree. So let's go with that. Um, so yeah, it was our it was our first year. It was our seven, uh, 17 year old for me. It was my rookie year uh, with the Clarence Beavers and and we were on a, I don't know, like we we're playing a normal season. Everything was great. I was having a heck of a start. I found for my expectations, I had a couple. Yeah, you goals. were, man. You were playing very well. Yeah, yeah. And the coaches, like, were saying, like, you know, like you're impressing us. Like, keep up the good work. And for me, like, with very little confidence, I was like, oh man, this is this is great. I can keep this up. I was invited to the All Star game of rookies, and to me, that was a very big deal. Again, Junior B was like a monster for me, right? So it was, a, I was super pumped. And it was coming very soon, but obviously with the injury, I never made it to the Ulster game. So I'll, I'll get to the 26th of January. That was when I went to a cottage, a family weekend, and uh, there was like motorcycle, not motorcycles, uh, skidoos that were uh, buzzing around everywhere. And growing up, I've never played with these machines. I just was hockey, fishing, and sports. 
no machines related. And I just didn't know what that was, right? And then my aunt's like, hey, y'all, you want to go take a ride? Want to go, uh, go you know, buzz around with these things? I'm like, uh, yeah. But I was like, I was 16, 17. So by that age, I was like, oh, yeah, like it can't be that hard. So I look at my mom. She's like, okay, but be careful. The typical line, like, you be careful. Yeah. My dad's like outside drinking beer with his, with his buddies. So it's all good. So then, yeah, suit up. Everything's going great. At first, you get like, I don't know if you ever rode a, like a skidoo. You know what it is. Like at first, you're, like, you're drifting around. It's great. But then you start testing the boundaries. and like, fuck, these things can go. They can really pop. So 45 minutes goes in. Everything's going fine. I literally have a straight, a left, a right, and you're at, you're at the cottage. Like I can literally see the lights of the cottage. So uh, I was almost home. So I'm in the middle of, of our uh, three-vehicle uh, convoy. And my uncle's at the front. He guns it in that straight. Slows down. Obviously, turns left. All good. I'm in the middle. I book it. Let's go. And then I just slow down. But you know how there's like a left and a right? They don't do the same thing. Well, my rookie ass on this sled, instead of braking, um, so I was slowing down, braked. And then as I was about to turn, I went to brake again. But I just squeezed the trigger for gas. And in Quebec, those kind of like hills, like those, like the Les Pistes, those, um, anyway, those paths yeah, will have, they have kind yeah. of sloped curves. Trails. Anyway, so if you go straight at it, that curve asks, uh, like, um, will act as a jump. So that's what I did. I supermaned <laughs> over that, that hill. And um, it turns out that I've cleared the day after they went to go back to the, go see the accident. I've cleared over a skidoo trailer and a tree attacked no. me. Yeah, so I, I cleared it, thank God. And I, wow, and I you must have been humming on that machine. Yeah, they, I calculated. They said about like 70, 80 kilometers click. So I was really Ooh, booking it. Okay. Yeah, it went really fast, like 120, slowed down, and then started and just gunned it again. So, and then the tree stopped me, no surprise. And uh, I just flew over like Superman and hit my helmet and shoulder first. So I fell down in, on the ground, and it was weird because I wasn't in pain at all, but I couldn't find my arm. Okay, so you start panicking, and I was like, I don't know, is my arm ripped off? No. So I found behind me, then the skidoo behind me shows up. You okay, Joe? It's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm good. Like skidoo's fucked. I'm sorry. And like <laughs> my brand new skidoo for like, the skidoo for my aunt. I'm sorry, it's totaled. So I go sit down on the back of the other guy's skidoo, and we're right home. So right there, and the guy's like, I heard a bang. Is everybody okay? And then my dad's outside. I'm like, hey, dad. First thing I say to him is like. My season's over. Like I've I've ruined hockey. I'm sorry. It's like haha. Like stop, it, don't, stop being a jokester. You know, like you were good. And then yeah, sure enough, it turns out that I've severed a, a nerve in my in my shoulder, and I was paralyzed from a shoulder down. But I had movement in my in my hand. So, um, the years not the years, but the the days flew by, and I had to contact the team saying that I've destroyed and I've ruined my my season and they were all like of course they were very worried and uh the head coach uh joel clement back then said well we we know the guy when you're ready let go go check him out and see what he can do for you he's a physio and he's he's one of the best in class right where the 67s went to him all the all the time brian christie a name dropping him because he he saved he saved my life for sure so um anyway so i went to his clinics a couple times and you even Played around with it, still wasn't able to move my my arm. So at that point, you're thinking, well, fuck, <laughs> life pass 
hockey, how is that going to look, right? So um, it's going to be stranger instead of my usual right hand, I guess. So anyway, so yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so and then at the 47th day, um, I woke up. Mind you, I can't can't move my, my right arm. I woke up one morning with my my hand on my head. So I just screamed. I was still living with my parents, of course. And I screamed like, mom, my mom runs in in the morning. And I'm like, I, I don't know how this got to my face. Like, I don't understand. And, and we were like both emotional and like running through this process. Like, how did this happen? And it turned out when I was on my back with all the physio, my, my nerves were kind of working again and actually being able to move my arms. So I, my muscles were strong enough just barely to get up when I was on my back to, to move around. So it was, it was hope. And I, then we got to see more specialists. So we got to uh, go see an actual nerve doctor on, in, uh, at the Civic Hospital, Dr. Moulton. And the operation itself was pretty simple in theory, but very low percentage of success. And uh, he took a nerve from my elbow, which was sensory. And then he split it in three and replaced the auxiliary nerve in my, in my right shoulder. And uh, he said, you know, chances are you should be good and we'll see from there. And then after the rehab, good to go, boys. I was, was good. I wouldn't a bit of atrophy in the, in the shoulder, but I was able to move, able to throw, able, able to eat, able to write stuff. And like it was, it was all a different perspective, you know. So I got my hand back. It was a little good. But as a kid... The first thing you're really going to be worried about is not brushing your teeth is, can I hold a hockey stick again? I still have my oh, junior man, years man. in front of me. I'm yeah. watching you guys play and I'm going to the rink because as much as it hurt, I wanted to be there with the boys and I didn't want to miss this squad that I was in. And after the year is over and the year after that starts, you start feeling like, why am I the rink? Am I the mascot now? Am I, I'm starting to feeling that the, ins, in, what's the imposter feeling of like, I didn't make the, I didn't make the team. This isn't my team anymore. You start feeling like you're just in the way, like you're like, I don't know, like people are, you're asking for rides to go to the game, but like, I don't want to take somebody else's spot. It, that's all, that all mental aspect starts getting hard and it's been kind of a burden on you as it got along and at the same time you're trying to deal with healing and thinking am i ever ever going to play again and then when you ask that doctor is like am i ever, ever going to play again he's like no like he's, he's not going to say yes so and then you fast forward and when i was 19 years old i was skating around and then i told lappy like buddy like i can play i feel I, I'm, I can play and he's like uh like i don't know like we don't we don't have your rights for one anymore because it turned out that because the, I wasn't playing and I was like kind of impossibly going to play ever again, they decided to release my contract, which is obviously makes sense. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't and, know that. And who picked me up just for shits and giggles? Castleman. Oh. So Castleman picked me up and for me to go and play and try out with uh, Castal with the Beavers, they had to let me go. So I do the phone call. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm not going to come play for Castleman. I would like to go play back with Clarence and give it a shot. And hopefully I can make the team. He's like, uh, no, come play with us. And I, I called Charlie. And Charlie ended up trading. You guys had to trade for me 
back to Clarence probably for what, what cases of pucks or something silly. And then, and after that, I, that's why we was, had the big soap for years of a fucking yeah. cash deal for Johnny Brew. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the rest is history, boys. So yeah, I have a massive scar. That's to, crazy, to show man. I and, didn't. I, I didn't know that part. And uh, I, I guess people don't know that when you're in junior, when you sign your first contract with your team, like it's not a one-year deal. You, you're yeah. stuck there until they trade you or release you. So you're committed, uh, and that's something that people don't understand. So if you sign in Clarence, you're there for life until they get rid of you, basically, or they release you or they trade you. So that's wild, man. I didn't know that. And and it, it's funny because it, it, that's exactly what your head goes to when you get injured. You're like, man, I'm letting down the boys. Like, I, you know, Connor Bedard, I feel for him. But remember when I broke my jaw, I had oh. it was in playoffs and I had to call Lappy. Like, it was like seconds after I had heard I'd broken my jaw and I was going to be wired shut for six weeks. I had to call Lappy, tell him I wasn't going to play. And I was crying because I felt like I was letting down the boys. And like watching was agonizing because you just want to do and you can't and you want to help and you want to be with the boys and you want to celebrate and you want to celebrate the wins, but you also want to be there for the losses. Like it's such a weird feeling to watch your team. Like I watched us lose game seven and I'm like, fuck, man, like you think maybe I had zero impact. Maybe we would got we wouldn't even made it to overtime that game. We would have lost by 10 if I was in the lineup. But or you or you could have been there and helped them. Alex, you just went through a similar experience too. six weeks off, eight, seven weeks off. Uh, you're going strong at 30. But is that something you've crossed your mind or anything like that? The mental side, the physiological side? I know you had the hips that were a little fucked. They told you that you wouldn't be able to play and when you're playing for the ramparts. Yeah, that's that's a crazy story, Johnny. And I actually didn't know that. I'd never heard that story. Have you I seen his shoulder? That you had it's done actually that. fucked. I've seen, of course. Of course. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but I, massive. I like, guess I never really knew the story. It goes from like your neck all the way down behind your arm and your tricep area all the way to your elbow. It's like massive. And like you said, like your shoulder couldn't grow muscle for a while. So it looked like you, you had a skeleton shoulder, basically. Yeah. It was literally fucked. And you were still dummying guys with hits out there, which was even, even more crazy. Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. So, Johnny, your first open ice hit was with a tree, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One nothing forest. That's where it all started. That's right. <laughs> One nothing forest. Uh, that, that's insane. And I mean, the fact that you were able to come back and, and, and everything like that. And on top of that, yeah, you were hitting guys. You also had a bomb of a shot. We never talked, we never gave you credit, but you actually had a really good one timer shot. And you used that Modano straight blade. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that that was even crazier to me but uh but yeah just getting back to like the injuries it, i mean it's never fun it's 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 the worst part about playing hockey right obviously part of the grind is having aches and pains and during game and playing through things but anytime someone gets seriously hurt it's yeah it's a, it's a big toll and and physically just getting back to being healthy and ready to play is such a grind let alone from you you had to pretty much start at ground zero right and then uh, on top of that, the mental side of, of, like you said, not being able to be on the ice and having the watch and not knowing if you're going to be the same player, right? And then again, once you get back in the game, it's, okay, well, now are you thinking twice about getting hit? And now, like, is it affecting your gameplay? So, yeah, that's those are all things that, that people who don't necessarily play or haven't had this experience don't understand. And it, it's, it can be really frustrating. So the fact that you stuck with it is pretty impressive. Clicks for Johnny. Oh, thank you. Yeah. God, I love the uh, um, Now, Johnny, here's your chance because I've been boom roasting you for years. What's up? We've been getting some fan mail and they want to know 
What was it like being Pete Wobbs' D partner? Or do you have any Abe Wobbs stories that you want to share on the pod? Here's your chance, buddy. You get your chance to get it back at me. Because you, you were my D partner for what? Like uh, three out of four years or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously it switched out, switched out throughout the year. But most of the time we were together. And I think I know why. Uh, the obvious answer what did is... Coach tell you? What did Coach tell you? Carry this guy, man. Carry this guy. Well, it's pretty simple. This guy's got... You got an offensive... Defensive... Uh, you have an offensive-minded defense playing with you. Cannon of a shot. What do you think your job gonna be do, is, is going to be me? I'm simply going to give the puck to you all the time. But I remember on the PP, if ever they dumped the puck and we had to go retrieve it back in our zone, I was not touching that puck. <laughs> I was curling Get on the, the board. Get away. Get away, Johnny. <laughs> Don't you dare touch it, you motherfucker. No, yeah, I learned that a few times. A few times I was there before you, and I still left it there for you. So Yeah, yeah um, you, you heard the barking, but you thought you were in Gatineau, but it was just me barking at you. Rawr, 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 get away from that thing. Rawr. I remember, Pat, like something about you is that when like you were on your top game, there was nothing you couldn't do it and and i and i my mind always goes back to the defensive plays like in our zone you can get that puck between a forward that was forging at you you would somehow angle yourself take the hit but that's exactly what it looks like exactly what you want him to do so you get that open opening that you want like that's something that's very impressive with you is that you stayed low key you looked like you were always on top of what you were trying to do and as an outsider I remember my dad, my dad was like, Pat, Pat doesn't look like he's trying. He doesn't look like he's, no, he just doesn't, he looks like he's, he's like, not, you know, not, you're not like a, a choppy skater like I am. You're very smooth. And it, from the outside, it kind of looked like you're sometimes gliding, but it's exactly how you slowed the game down. And that is my description of you. You're able to slow it down to a level that you can kind of do what you want out there. And that's, it's it's a very good compliment. So I think that's very Again, good. Again, this guy takes the high road and just pumping, <laughs> pumping my tires. That's why but, we bring him on the pod. But don't pass the puck for a one timer at the wrong spot because you will give me shit. Oh for that. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Johnny, if you put it too far in front of me again, I'm going <laughs> to fucking lose it. You just cost me a goal out there. That and you probably knew how to like hurt my feelings by saying like, if you put it in front, I will hurt someone in front because of you, right? My shot's going to go right. too high or like something. That's right. That guy just ate it because of you, Johnny. That guy just ate it because of you. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that was my recollection of playing with you. And that still is like, if ever we get a chance to play in the beer leagues, I'm like, I want to play with Pat. It's simple. Just give the, yeah, we have, some, we had some good chem, man. We just know where to go. And, and like you said, we had a good balance of the yin and the yang. And uh, it, we always had a good fit. And so it was fun playing with you too, buddy. Yeah, Alex, do you remember any of this? It was it was funny. Uh, yeah, well, I remember you guys being D partners, and you always it was funny. Like you know how you always need to know who's on the ice for the other team. For me, it was always okay. Is it Pat and Johnny? And if it is, get the fuck out of in front of the net because <laughs> you guys, you guys would just. You guys would blast pucks, and they were always like, if you guys scored goals, which you actually did a lot, they were going yeah, top they were corner. Not along and, and it's not that I didn't trust you, but at, like at that point, my head was was crossbar level, and I was <laughs> not going anywhere near this thing. I'm like, fuck that. 
it was just a shooting gallery it's for funny because when but, we first got there, we all had you. the cages so it was all green light but then later on we were all wearing visors so that's when you had to be a little bit more careful because uh the chiclets were were precious we didn't have good insurance back then player insurance <laughs> hey patty but yeah yeah i just remember you guys oh go, oh, ahead. go ahead go ahead finish that up then i got something for you guys yeah, I was just saying quickly, like, yeah, it was, you guys were always fun to watch and fun to play with. And, and that was, yeah, it was pretty special looking back. And, and that's what, again, this podcast is all about, kind of looking back on those memories and stuff. So it was pretty cool. What do you got for me, Johnny? You have something cooking over there. I have one more after, and then Alex, if you have one. But Johnny, what do you got? As he's frozen. Uh, uh, no, I think I'm back. Am I back? Hello? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh man, um, can't wait to rewatch this with all the laggings and all the cutouts. It's gonna be great. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of editing. I don't right? think most people right? make it to this point anyway, so it might be just three <laughs> views. So that's okay, buddy. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna throw. It's gonna be a couple like a small game. I'm gonna say like a two word, three game, three word sentence. And you need to tell Holy me. Holy shit! And you'll need to tell me what this moment was in our junior b career alex you, you might not know all of these i only got a few so the first one is bagel pregame shower i know exactly what you're talking about go ahead say no more say no more okay oh you want me to explain it or do yes. you, or you got more well, do you think do you think your listeners are going to be? Oh yeah, I remember that. Bagel. Yes, yes, yes. So we we had we had a particular <laughs> player, Bagel, and this guy was an absolute legend. And he was actually an OHL draft pick. So coming in, I'm like, wow, we have OHL draft picks on our team. You're always so impressed. And this guy could score from anywhere. And I've literally seen this guy score from the red line multiple times and not like dumping he was taking slap shots and burning goalies from the red line that's how unreal of a shot he was now let's just say um i think he would agree at this period of time in his life because he's looked a little bit better since i've seen him he conditioning was not his forte you know we (laughs) talked about the the combine dude if i had to see this guy was getting an f okay and he would show up before the game. And I remember this because we'd all run laps outside. That's how hockey players would warm up. We'd be rain or shine, ice storm, snowstorm, we're running laps. Well, this is early in the season, so it's still relatively warm. So so Bagel walks in the room, drops his bag, and he's a little, little you're not feeling it. You know, he might have been out a little bit late last night. But, hey, we got the Sunday afternoon in Clarence every Sunday. So you got you to gotta, you gotta push through. So we go outside and we do a lap. And next thing you know, we see Bagel. And he's folded over on one of those concrete barriers. Like, you know how they have the the concrete barriers in between roads when they're building it? This thing is about at the top, at the peak of it. It's probably about four inches wide and he's laying on it. And he's probably 230 pounds laying on it. He just crippled watching us. He's like, let's go boys. And he's our assistant captain. Like this guy's a leader on our team. (laughs) Let's go boys. Keep running. Okay, fuck. This is the type of game we're going to have. Then we move into the dress room. And this guy wears the old school thong jocks. And like the jocks that clip the socks. <laughs> so he's strutting around with his 230 bills. And he's not ha- he's not feeling good. He's not feeling good. At this point, half of the team suited up halfway. He's still sitting in a stall in his jock. And he decides, screw this. So he fires up the shower full pin in our room puts in a chair and he is sitting like what's that music video where the girl is getting like doused in the the water there 
You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, Dirty Dancing, maybe. Uh, yeah, there we go. He He's the Junior B hockey Dirty Dancing version in the shower. <laughs> and this doesn't last for five minutes. We go out for warm-up, which is 20, 15 minutes long, and we come back, and this guy is still cooking underneath the, 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 the shower. Like, bagel can't go tonight, boys. Bagel can't go. Well, lo and behold, this guy is getting, this guy gets out, gets ready for game time, ready for pregame scouting report, report by coach, and he pots in three that night, calls in a night. Welcome to Junior B. See ya. See you later. That's how it gets done. You Is that the one you're talking about, that's, Johnny? That's exactly the one. I forgot a couple of Absolutely those details. I'm so happy I brought stuff. it up. Yes. <laughs> a little hidden treasures yes. out there for sure. And I'll just do one more. Um, it's called Boombox Death Experience. Yes. Yes, I remember this too. Do you want me to say it or do you want to take it I, over? I it just feels prefer... like you're, you're taking the host. You no. look a little bit more like R.A. than I do, so this is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I want to hear from your perspective. I can probably uh, see. What... Well, I remember this because in every hockey team, there's a, there's a music guy. You obviously hear this all the time. They were talking about in the World Junior, who has the aux cord because who controls the music? This is a super powerful and important role on the on the team because if you're not buzzing with the tracks boys are not happy and it's tough to find music that makes 15 17 20 guys happy well that year johnny briere gets a tap on the shoulder because it's usually identified pretty early and this is the year where we had cds we had to burn cds so you have 17 tracks there's no ipod there's no searching it's you're firing those 17 tracks all day all night well we're sitting and we have this boom box and this thing was humming probably 500 watts this thing <laughs> and it was a brick shit house and we would put it on the top shelf of our dress room so it would be literally probably if you were to stand up maybe 10 feet up on a, on a ledge we'd dry our stuff up there and anyways we had a section where the boom box would be playing well johnny was in tr- in charge of the aux cord so we couldn't be too far so we had the boom box going and next thing you know we're playing daft punk and the bass is dropping and we're all vibing. Da, da, da. Next thing you know, this fucking beast comes off the ledge <laughs> right in front of Johnny Brew's nose, probably skimmed that long nose and smashed the ground. Bang. You could hear a pin drop in that dress room. I'm like, holy fuck, Johnny Briere almost got decapitated, man. He almost had a second shoulder surgery with nerve damage, buddy. <laughs> Next thing you know, Johnny gets himself together, realizes he almost died, picks it back up, sets it back up. Daft Punk back on play. <laughs> Let's go. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, but I can vouch that it wasn't me that almost died. I thought for sure it was oh, I you. I thought it was you. What? It was, was you. me? I thought it was that might me. Have been me. Anyways, I, I don't know. Someone Somebody almost, almost died. died. Because I remember, I did sit in that section. I did sit in that section. Yeah, I thought it was you because whoever it was, I remember like we were all like in shock, and the person said like, "I I just finished tying one skate," in his head. Yeah, because you're bending over, right? You're bending over to tie your skate, and that like the head would have been right there, and that's where the ball, the nah. giant boombox fell. It wasn't you. See, no. that's not me because I had the rookies tie my skates. Ah, aha. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, that, oh. well, that was a, a couple of things I want to throw your way, but uh... no, that was awesome. I I kind of enjoyed snapping it around there. 
Uh, any last little words here, boys? This was an absolute riot. I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking about the glory days. Get to pump our tires. Bring on my good friend, Johnny Brew. I loved every second of it. We didn't even talk about Carlton Beers hockey yet, man. All the <laughs> shenanigans. I thought we were going to get into it. I thought we were going to talk about how you're the one that rally all the guys near the net before the game and does the Deer Alley B selly. You're the guy. <laughs> Well, I wanted to, I wanted to talk quickly about the beers. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know about you minutes. guys. Let's snap it around here. Just just quickly, I just want to. Why well, we could finish with this? But Johnny, I know you. Well, the Bruyere gang is is are the leaders of the Beers Hockey Club, and you know I've been hearing all about. It. I actually suited up for a game with the Beers. I don't know if you remember that. I played one game with you guys yeah, a, long time uh, a couple ago. years yeah. ago. That was a long <laughs> time ago. But uh, so there's this thing. Uh, recruiting trips so when you're you know when you're looking to get recruited you go and you do a visit and sometimes they do a night out and you meet the guys you meet the rink and you see what it's all about before you sign a contract now i'm coming to the end of my career here so i'm just giving you a heads up that a recruiting trip might be in order so you're gonna have to organize that with the beers and and see if maybe there's there's buddy you know, free, maybe there's a recruiting free, trip or a contract free, out free there promo because we do have our pub night Friday, January 26th, where the beer is going to be flowing. We have three microbreweries. We have a live band. And you have your boys, the beers, hosting, catering, coordinating, and just overall bringing the noise and the good times. So if you're interested in that, that's got to be that's got to be the, the trip. That is your recruiting trip right there. Because if you fit in with the boys there, you have a time. You do put in your work because there's a little bit of work there. But uh, that that if that doesn't get the blood flowing, Abe Wavs, I don't know what else sales pitch because that's got me, and I've been hooked uh, for six years now. Johnny Brew, anything else you want to talk about? There you to get, go. Get no. Abe Wavs convinced. Like I mean, that's just easy right there. Yeah, Abe Wavs, I think we got we, we can work something out. I'm sure there's a bit of initiation program uh, we can do. Maybe a little bit of rookie party, get something going. Uh, I mean, I think we'll we, we can talk. We can talk off. Uh, the and then we would have four sets of brothers on that team. That's championship shit right there. That boys. is amazing. Yeah, we have sure. the Pockets, the Bruyers, the Grégoires, the Boivins. Let's go. And maybe the Larocs one day. We'll see. <laughs> oh, the Larocs. True. True. The spare. Yeah. He just had a kid, though. Johnny, you know what that's like, where he's fucked. He ain't playing for a while, but he, <laughs> right. his skill, his skill goes fucked. down 10 points there. You know, every kid you get. <laughs> All right, boys, let's sign this thing off. That's Johnny, awesome. thank you very much for coming on. I had an absolute hoot. Abe Wobbs, thank you for getting up so early. We appreciate your service. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else, have a great rest of your week. First pod of the new year. We're going to be back at you. Gilly's going to be coming back on. We have some more Japan updates coming back on. We have some more Beer League reports. I've got a bunch locked and loaded. Like, follow, subscribe, Spotify, Apple Music, you and you hockey pod on Twitter. Let's go. Got them all. Bye. See ya. Estico. Alice. Bye bye. Wow. Ain't no more.